Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Investing from A to Z podcast. I'm your host, Steph Boldrini. This podcast is for everyone who wants to be part of our real estate family and learn commercial real estate investing from A to Z. I'll be sharing with you tips for real estate investing while being mentored by a few people with several years of experience so that you and I can make the least amount of mistakes as possible and succeed a lot faster. My goal is to keep things very straightforward because I value your time and you are here to learn. With that, in the last episode, we learned what are Delaware statutory trusts and how you could potentially benefit from them. And in this episode, we are giving another update after having our second mastermind call regarding what highly successful investors are doing and going through during this pandemic. As a reminder, we have about 200 years worth of experience in this call, and we purposefully invite people from all kinds of asset classes because you never know how each asset class is doing, and maybe we can even borrow ideas from different asset classes. Here we go. I started the call by giving an update on how things are coming along here in Silicon Valley. I have always been a firm believer that this area is really incredible to invest in certain types of asset classes, especially because there is a very finite amount of land here in San Francisco, for instance. And despite the fact that a lot of companies are talking about potentially working from home, I personally believe that offices are not going to go anywhere anytime soon. And even in San Francisco, if some offices end up vacant, they can always be repurposed into something else. Three friends of mine that are founders said that they were looking at renting offices prior to the coronavirus outbreak. And now they have decided to work from home permanently because it has been working out pretty well. There has been a lot of large companies laying off people. A lot of startups are laying off 17, 20, 25% of their employees. And even though things might change at least temporarily, I personally don't think offices are going away anytime soon. I do have a lot of friends that are exploring at least taking a break from San Francisco. Obviously, everyone is looking for a backyard nowadays, and if they're not giving up their apartments entirely, they are at least renting a house somewhere else where we could have a backyard and where you can actually enjoy some outdoor space. There are deals already happening. I spoke with someone who was looking at a couple of different properties. They were priced at around four and a quarter million dollars, and both of them already had a price decrease of $1 million, which is 22%. Another friend of mine who is in the retail space and owns eight retail locations in a particular district of San Francisco. He said that out of his eight tenants, two have paid rent so far. There are obviously a lot of restaurants closing, a lot of food businesses closing permanently. And so I think there will be a lot of opportunities in the retail space coming up soon. So now I'm going to move on to 
one of the guests. He is actually a passive investor, a full-time passive investor since 2002. He invests in stabilized assets. His point of view is that prices will come down in a few months. And from his experience, it can take one to two years for things to hit bottom. He is definitely sitting on the sidelines and has been sitting on the sidelines since 2016 across all asset classes. In fact, he pushed his operators to sell in 2017, 18, and 19, and he will be sitting on the sidelines until prices drop. He assumes that rents will be down, vacancies will go up, and cap rates will go up. He is definitely looking forward to other opportunities, and he is very skeptical at looking for any deals this year, unless the deal is very unique. He is waiting for vacancy levels to stabilize for market rents and market prices. And he believes that the cap rates will adjust accordingly. And even if the cap rate is better today, we don't really know what the net operating income will be in one to two years. And it may be definitely lower in one or two years. He has also been hearing that syndicators are getting about one third of the normal responses for deals. Another syndicator that has been doing this for many years dropped his minimum investment for the first time ever. He finished his update by saying that he will be on the sidelines regardless of what is happening to the economy, especially because there is an election that is coming up this year and we don't know how that will impact real estate. The next investor focuses on medical and multifamily properties. He is patiently waiting to see what will happen. He has not seen rent collections numbers drop yet, and he does think that we might see rent collections drop in the next few months. He also wants to see the numbers behind any property price decrease because it really doesn't matter if a property has decreased the price by 25% or not if the income cannot support the new price. He thinks that the political risk is potentially high, plus the fact that it has become more popular to push for rent control in other states. He does think that other states might follow Oregon and California, and he is also taking that into consideration for the future. And he wants to basically see the net effect coming out of the shutdown since there is really no clear plan yet, and thinks that only when a vaccine is found, most people will be comfortable going back to restaurants and the like. The next investor also invests in quite a few different asset classes, and he is a developer as well. He said that even though businesses are starting to reopen, that does not mean that we have conquered COVID-19. He is, however, encouraged by the potential treatments that are coming out. From the capital perspective for new construction loans out of the 15 insurance companies that land in the real estate space, 13 have stopped altogether. The largest one laid off the entire loan origination staff, and they don't plan to get back to loan originations for a while. Some of the life insurance companies stopped writing life insurance policies, period, and capital for construction is almost 
non-existent unless it's with HUD. And if you go with a bridge lender, it is very expensive. It's currently at LIBOR plus nine, plus there is a floor on the LIBOR rate, which is exactly what was happening in 2008 and 2009. There is not a lot of appetite for new deals unless they are deeply distressed. Despite having money on the sidelines, it'll take time for deals to start to emerge. People that are trying to do deals now look desperate and lacking in perspective of where the market is really heading. He encourages everyone to be patient. From a collections standpoint, they are in the 90s for their multifamily portfolio. Their short-term vacation portfolio was at a 5% occupancy. And since the cities started to loosen things up, they had lots of reservations. They have about six months of reserves for this portfolio, and it looks like that will be plenty. Most people are desperate to get away and to some place that is within driving distance from where they live. He thinks that those places will do very well this year. And some realtors said that in the cottage country, the inventory for cottage properties is at an all-time low. People that are looking for that type of property cannot find them. The other thing that he is seeing is that the sales from boats and RVs are going through the roofs. That is what people are planning for summer vacations. As far as assisted living, that entire asset class is hurting right now. People will have a very long memory of outbreak and infections, especially in big box facilities and smaller residential homes. They have had zero outbreaks and he thinks that this segment will do very well at around 12 to 16 beds per home. As far as construction, things are going okay. There is less construction activity, labor is available. There's a lot of material shortages, about 90% of doorknobs come from China, so sourcing those have been difficult. They put a couple of projects on hold. They don't have any debt on those projects and they will be ready for opportunities, whether in notes or in distressed assets. Moving on to the next guest on our mastermind. He has also a very diversified portfolio. All of their multifamily properties are performing pretty well. They are B-class properties. As far as April and May, the properties performed better than anticipated. And some people that lost their jobs, as we all know by now, have a higher income now with the unemployment than they had before. As far as medical office, they reached out to their tenants and offered rent relief proactively. About 50% of the tenants took them up on it and their properties are in areas that are now reopening. So they will reach out to the tenants in June and find out what is happening and if they need any further assistance. As far as triple net properties, they are performing very, very well. There is no lack of investors that still need to place cash somewhere. He is looking forward to where is the most amount of pain going to happen? What are the most extreme distressed properties? 
He has not seen any pricing changes. The price expectations from sellers have not come down to meet the price expectations from the buyers yet. As far as construction, he is converting an office to multifamily in Southern California, and they might see some benefits because the trade pricing may be coming down. Materials pricing may also be coming down. He does not expect multifamily prices in this area to decrease in the same way that multifamily in Houston, for instance, may decrease. He closed by saying that there are many different nuisances in different markets, so we cannot really generalize how things will go. The next person is focused on multifamily. He is also a multifamily broker. The two deals that he was working on during the pandemic actually ended up closing, despite the fact that the banks asked for more reserves. The sellers also gave more concessions, about 8% of the price. And the seller also put up escrow money and provided insurance on the income of the property over the next six months. He had never had a zero pipeline on his brokerage business since 2014, and today he has no pipeline. There is only one deal in the market, and they are still asking pre-COVID prices, so he does not think that it will sell. He thinks it'll be a while before they can do deals again. Lenders won't change the extra reserve requirements anytime soon. And when you need to put an extra year of principal, interest, property tax, and insurance, that's sometimes 30% of your raise that is not earning anything. So you are diluting all investors. And how do you make any sense of that? Unless you have a very steep discount on the prices. So sellers still think that they can get old prices. Buyers are expecting discounts. So this gap will take a while to fill. The listing brokers are not busy at all. He feels like it will stay like this for a while. He also said that bridge lenders disappeared. Agencies have massive escrow requirements. Freddie requires 18 months of escrow for loans under 6 million and 12 months of escrow for loans above $6 million. So even if we do recover in three months, he also mentioned the fact that there is an election coming up and there will be a slowdown on deals because people want to know how interest rates will play out. For one of the deals that he was working on about a month ago, Fannie Mae gave them a 12-year loan and quoted 35 to 3.7% at the beginning. And in March, they ended up increasing to 4.5%. The buyers said that they would walk away, and then they came back and gave the loan at 3.2%. He is not expecting any deals to be done until next year. On his own multifamily properties, for one of the properties, the manager leased 13 new leases at full price. They had record collections in April for two out of the four properties. And he stated the fact that the news and what is really happening is very different since his properties are doing very well. As far as multifamily construction, mezzanine loans are all gone. There are lots of projects that were supposed to start in Q3 and Q4 
that are not happening. So this will be very good for multifamily because of the demand since new construction is on hold. From an operations standpoint, he is continuing to upgrade his properties because he is still collecting rents. The next investor focuses on developments of commercial and residential. He said that he burned through in 2017, 2018, and 2019, and he went all in cash. He was about to roll out four $30 million hotel projects, and he would be bringing four hotels to the market in a couple of months. So he was ready to break ground last year, but the construction costs were through the roof, and he put these projects on pause. He shifted gears completely, and he sees opportunities in the CMBS market. There are projections of $200 million in default for the next couple of years. He thinks that office repurposing opportunities will be huge and said that that is already happening on the markets near him. He sees a lot of big offices being turned into multifamily and the same is happening for hotels. He stepped out of the residential space during the hotel phase and he was getting ready to deploy three to $400 million worth of hotels. And he is now reworking the entire plant and looking at residential. He will not mess with large construction for a while. The housing market is doing really well. There is not enough labor to deliver residential units. And he will probably start working on subdivision slash mixed use and targeting shopping malls that are getting redeveloped. He said that there are several big shopping malls that are in the market that were already in default before COVID-19 and were missing payments. Those will be demolished and redeveloped into mixed use. As of now, he is wait and see. He might play with small subdivisions that are already entitled and don't require a lot of money. But as far as bigger projects, he thinks we will have a lot of opportunities in 18 to 24 months. Medical is also probably going to do well because people still need to go to the doctor. He thinks that if we go into a depression, self-storage will probably lose 40 to 50% of their customers because people will probably have to start selling things. He also closed by saying that most real estate is very, very local, so it's hard to give a blanket statement. I hope this was helpful to you. Make sure to subscribe to our newsletter by going to our website, montecarlorei.com and subscribe at the top of the page. The link will also be available under show notes. And I'd like to thank our latest reviewer, Sean Michael, a content with concise educational episodes. The content in each episode is clear and doesn't waste time. The short, information-rich episodes are ideal. I'm learning commercial, and I religiously started listening to the whole catalog of episodes to get caught up. Thank you, Steph. You're most welcome, Sean. Thank you for your review. I really appreciate it, and I will see you guys next time.